Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. What's going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me, as always, is my podcasting partner, Paul. Yes? And we are here with a special trade deadline edition of Bright Side of the Suns for the fans by the fans podcast. It's not an emergency podcast, but let's call this an urgent care podcast. I like urgent care podcast. Could have been an emergency, but not really because, well... We didn't. We didn't do it fast enough, (laughs) and 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 on top of that, I think people need to calm down about the whole boogie thing, which leads me right into what we're going to be talking about in this special edition podcast, and that is the first thing being what I'll refer to as boogie gate. That sounds kind of odd, but I'm going to call it that. Is that okay? Sure. You approve? Okay. Perfect. Fantastic. And the second thing we're going to be going through is the mailbag that was posted on brightsideofthesun.com just this morning, which we received a lot of response to. Thank you very much for that, everybody out there who listens. And yeah, we're going to touch more base. Than expected. I, I totally thought we were going to get like millions, but anyway. Um, I thought we, we were just going to get a lot of people making fun of us, <laughs> which was actually tall. <laughs> such, such a Debbie Downer. Jeez, man. So you know I'm the at any rate. Um, we appreciate all that feedback, all the thoughts, all the comments. We'll get to a lot of the trades, maybe not all of them, but some of them were just kind of crazy, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Boogie. Boogie has been traded. Boogie has not been traded to the Phoenix Suns. I, for one, am frankly okay with that. Um, had it happened, had he come to the Suns, wonderful, but I see a lot of reasons why the Suns didn't want to change the offer that was reported to be their offer out there. Uh, and and why it makes sense for them to stand pat where they were. Uh, two of the things that I've been hearing a lot of are one, how was the Kings' offer? Excuse me, the Pelicans' offer better than the Suns' offer, or at least the reported Suns' yeah, offer. I mean, that thing is a dumpster fire of an offer. The Pelicans' one. Yeah. It's no longer an offer. It's an no, acceptance. It's, 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 a, it's a dumpster fire of a transaction. <laughs> right. Like, I would honestly say it's worse than the Pau Gasol to the Lakers trade. Okay. That was – they Ex- Expand? The capper of the Pau Gasol trade was Marc Gasol, but that was before Marc Gasol became Marc Gasol. He was a second-round pick, I believe. Like that was mm-hmm. – there was nothing to that trade. This trade is – a protected first-round pick, Buddy Heald, who isn't hasn't really lit lit anything on fire, and he's a was he he's a, he a four-year player, right, in college? Yes. So, I think so. He four-year players, you kind of have a better idea of what you're getting. That upside that you get with the really young players who you just don't really know what they can turn into. Isn't there for your player like guys who are coming out at twenty one, twenty two? They're a little bit more solidified. You're not going to see those giant jumps that you see from other players. And there's a second round pick thrown in there, and just some other players to fill cap space. It just 
The sun's right. up. It, it makes no sense. And so here, here, here's what here's what I think we can agree on is bottom line. The sun's offer, as reported, was Warren Len Knight unprotected 2017 first round draft pick is leaps and bounds above what the offer from the Pelicans that was ultimately accepted was. Yeah. Was well, it? I mean, ten, top three protected. Top three protected 2017 pick from the Pelicans, who you just made better. Yeah. Who's pick is i think now with this addition of boogie going to end up being a mid first round pick because i think the pelicans are going to make the playoffs now that they've got cousins on that team if they don't make the playoffs they're going to be sitting in um the the sun's favorite spot of probably around 13 right exactly (laughs) so ultimately what the kings passed on is what is likely even if the sun's got cousins is likely to be a top five pick still. I don't think Cousins was going to take them over the top where all of a sudden they're drafting towards the latter part of the lottery. And, 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 um, uh, they passed on that. Paul, you broke my train of thought, man. They passed on that top 10 pick, easily a top 10 pick in order to get a mid first round draft pick and buddy healed is really what it boils down to. And, and it's because apparently the owner of the Kings thinks, Buddy Heald is the next coming of Jesus Shuttlesworth. Um, and and uh, it, it just doesn't make sense. So anyone thinking that the Suns didn't make an effort to put forth a solid offer, and in fact an offer that was hands down better than the offer that was ultimately accepted is just off base because the Suns' offer was exponentially better. And the only reason it was not accepted is because as far as I can ascertain, the Kings are just well crazy, but you know what? I don't have a problem. With it. And I'll tell you why after you make whatever point you're just going to make. The only other thing I saw was that the holdup on the Kings end with regards to the Suns' offer was Brandon Knight, which I can see that being a holdup, but I mean, he's only got at this point, he's basically got three years left on that deal. It's not a horrendous deal anymore. And and here's and that actually kind of leads into what I was going to say. I'm, I'm let me play a little armchair GM here. Isn't that what we do every week? Uh, okay, let me <laughs> let me overtly say I'm going to do it here, and and put myself into to Ryan McDonough's shoes. Um, McD, what are you getting, Paul? I'll ask you this question first. What are you getting with Marcus Cousins? With Demarcus Cousins, yes, you're getting a 25 and 10 player. Absolutely, you're getting. Um, an anchor to um, both your offense and defense. Absolutely. You're getting, was he probably one of the 10 best players in the league? Easily. But you're also getting a head case? Maybe. We'll call it, sure. He has temperament issues. His temperament issues. But so did Charles Barkley. So did Charles Barkley. Here's what I think is the big issue for me. If I'm McD in terms of what I'm getting with DeMarcus Cousins. And I'm getting not any sort of guarantee about how long he's going to be on my team. That too. DeMarcus Cousins' agent came out before the trade saying there's no guarantee that he's going to sign an extension with whatever team he gets traded to if a trade occurs. Actually, he straight up said there's a guarantee he won't sign with that team. And, well, look at that. (laughs) And ultimately what that means is that DeMarcus Cousins is going to become an unrestricted free agent in the 2018 offseason. So we sit back and we look at those 
pros that you just laid out that McD had a look at, but then we look at the negatives of it. What he's essentially running the risk of doing is giving up his first round draft pick from this season when we have a loaded draft where we have multiple players who, who knows how it's going to pan out, but multiple players who could ultimately become a generational type franchise changing guy in order to get DeMarcus Cousins for a year and a half at most guaranteed. Obviously, there's the opportunity to re-sign him and whatnot, but you know what? Who's to say the Suns obviously didn't get him here? Who's to say the Suns aren't adding a piece in the draft this year? Possibly maybe adding some more throughout free agency, whatever. And suddenly in the summer of 18, DeMarcus Cousins looked at the Suns and says, that's actually a pretty sexy franchise for me to go to. And it wouldn't have hurt just the fact that one of his best friends is on the team anyways, who's locked up through beyond that point anyways. So. So, So why... Why mortgage the franchise? Why give up a pick as valuable as that 2017 first-round draft pick without getting some sort of return in addition to Cousins because of that risk that the Suns would have been taken on that we don't know how long he's going to be in Suns uniform. We don't know if he's going to be there beyond 2018, etc. And that additional value they wanted to get was getting rid of that Brandon Knight contract. You mean besides Armory Caspi? Oh, yeah. My bad. Sorry. No disrespect to... Um, oh, Mr. Caspi. Uh, <laughs> just call him Mr. Caspi. Yeah. No disrespect. But in addition to that fantastic value, we want even more. So bottom line for me is I'm not mad that Ryan McDonough apparently decided that he's not going to do this deal without them taking Brandon Knight. I'm not mad that they didn't try to sweeten the pot because there really is, in my estimation, too much uncertainty there. And obviously putting aside all of the temperament issues and all of that, but just in terms of how long you're going to be getting this player for, because frankly, the Suns aren't going to win anything by 2018. Mm-hmm. It's not like getting him is going to do them any benefit if he walks that summer. Well, I mean, you can make... I don't know why I'm even talking about the idea of him being on the team, but... Theoretically, if the Suns had traded for Boogie, that puts us on a different timetable. We're not moving along the same timetable, so this summer's off, this off season would be about instead of rebuilding, we're now in reloading mode. It's we've got a perennial, or at this point, is, would we call him a perennial All Star. He's mm-hmm. I think two years in a row, and he's arguably one of the ten best players in the league. You've got a borderline All Star in Bledsoe. You've got a but everybody hopes to be a future all-star in Booker. Now it's building pieces around that to win now. That's the goal. I mean, you may not be a championship contender immediately, but the goal is playoffs next year if you have Boogie on the team, period. Okay, so the goal is playoffs, and then you make the playoffs and he walks during the summer of 18. And but he's never made the playoffs before. That, that might Which gives him even more reason to walk because who knows who's going to come knocking on his agent's door in the summer of 18. That might be the care to keep him though. I, with the the thing is with the new CBA, I know there was the they adjusted the rule with regards to guys being teams being able to retain that guy who's been on their team since jump since the beginning, which mm-hmm. is why Boogie was saying he wanted to stay with the with so the Kings because he's getting another thirty million. But I think what's I think it's still in place that the team you have 
can still give you that five years instead of having going out to free agency and you can only get four years. So there's still an incentive to stay with the team you're physically on at that point. His bird rights still stay with the Suns. I, I just want to know, are you – you're saying this is absolutely the case, or are you saying you think? I'm pretty sure. Okay. That I'm just, I just want to make sure that we're. I'm pretty sure that for everybody listening, I want to make it, sure there's clarification. It as to just it. they just expanded it to provide even more incentive for the teams who literally drafted the player to. So if they have him via trade, then if he becomes a free agent, they have the ability to say you can get five years instead of four. Right. I don't know that that's going to get him to stay. And I think the raises are also higher. They're not as high. Does, that, he get a, does he get a company car? Is there anything else, Paul, that you want to just well, throw no, out he there? Gets a car from the, he gets a car from the dealership that he does commercials for in town. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it works. But let's – do we need to waste any more time on, on Boogie? I mean, he's not – I'm good. I'm yeah. fine. And the only other thing I want to say is if they do somehow make the playoffs, they could be a nightmare. For Golden State. You mean the Pelicans now? Yes. Not the Suns. No. <laughs> Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins could be a nightmare for Golden State. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. We'll see how they play together down in uh, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Did I say it right that time? New Orleans. New Orleans. Did I New say Orleans. it, did I say it right or wrong that time? It's New Orleans. Okay, now I'm confused. <laughs> All right, so, no, I, I think that's a fair point, but we'll see how they mesh, how that team develops, and um, who knows, maybe we'll have a very interesting first-round matchup come May, April-ish, May-ish. Do we want, also want to talk about the ridiculously stupid odds that the Sixers have at getting two top four picks? They have a pick swap with, with, San Francisco, with Sacramento now. Right, who just well, became worse? They they've had that. that they, isn't right, you, right, right, but it just became. But Sacramento just became worse. So the odds of one of the two of them being a top three pick mm-hmm. that, like, if Sacramento jumps Philly, Sacramento they're they're going to get a high pick either it's their own or it's mm-hmm. Sacramento's, and they have a shot at the Lakers pick too if the Lakers fall out of the top three. Mm. So Sacramento probably draft a couple more big Sacramento men. Sacramento getting that much worse makes their odds that much higher that we're going to be looking at Philly taking a comp- two of Fultz, Ball, Josh Jackson, and I don't know who the fourth guy is. You, you're you talking... Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac, Dennis Smith, the most average guy on earth. Most average name average on name. earth. Well, I, 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 we'll, we'll get off this topic, but if... It's not going to be Fultz, Ball, and... No, but it'll be this, two, but, but two of... Two point, one point guard, one small forward, perhaps. I but who knows? I don't know. Minnesota did it before. Yeah, we see how that worked out. Where's Johnny Flynn these days? Exactly. Exactly. Is he? I don't know. Maybe with... Uh, with Jimmer? Jimmer, yeah. Did he score like 94 points Seven, or crazy something crazy? Oh, that's, that's not that good. All right, so... Boogie Gate. Boogie Gate. Let's all get over it. It happened. Maybe he'll just be on the Suns in 2018. Yeah. I think I predicted the Suns won the title in 2019, right? That would actually work out perfectly for yeah. me then. Better than this whole dunk thing that Dudley's been doing. But <laughs> whatever. So, okay. Tr- 
trades. Let's talk. Let's talk some trades. So we had, as we mentioned, a lot of feedback on the hey, let's pitch some trade ideas. The one name that came up the most, as far as a player to bring into the Suns, um, was uh, Wiggins yeah. from Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was kind of surprised by it when I saw how often he popped up. I didn't because. When I try to throw fake trades out there, I actually try to look at who I think is available. What are you accusing people of now, Paul? No, I'm just saying... I know, I'm kidding, go on. Maybe I just missed that Wiggins is potentially available. Because multiple people threw out his name as a potential trade target. But I hadn't... Timberwolves and Wiggins had never even crossed my mind as an option because I just assumed he wasn't available. Like, the guys I would want on the Timberwolves weren't available. I think that's a fair assessment. So let's let's run through these really quick then. And, and you can tell me which one of these three trades that we've looked at involving Wiggins and the t- Timberwolves would be your preferred trade. So we've got the first one was submitted by U- UA Sun. I'm assuming the U of A, UA is a U of A reference, and if so, bear down. Thank you for listening and being a U of A person because U of A people are awesome. Anyway, and that is Bledsoe, Warren, Len, and the Suns' 2017 second-round pick to the Wolves for Wiggins, Rubio, and Pekovic. Second one, and do you care? Can I run through them? Then you Run through them. Second one, C. Kruger, 16, Warren, Bender, Suns 2018 first, Suns 20, or excuse me, the Heat 2018 first, and the Suns 2020 first for Wiggins. And then the last one from our boy Boyd over on Twitter, Bledsoe and Tucker for Rubio and Wiggins. Paul, which one do you like the most? I like that first deal the most. The the Bledsoe, to, uh, Warren, Len, and the second round pick. For Wiggins, Rubio, and Pekovic. Now, how realistic is that? Is that enough? That doesn't seem... To, to me, I'll just throw it out there. That does not seem like enough to get Wiggins, Rubio, Pekovic. Well, Pe- Pekovic, Pekovic, uh, you know, Pekovic's salary filler. And you could almost make you could almost make an argument that for everything that the Timberwolves hoped Ricky Rubio was going to be, he was not that at all. And they're just ready to move on from him. And I... If he's not expiring, he's got like a year, like one more year left. He does not have much left. So it's really basically Wiggins for. At the end of the day, it's Wiggins for Bloodstone Warren. Because the second round pick is nothing, and Len isn't expiring, and who knows if they actually want to resign him. And you think that's enough? For. For Wiggins, who is at best a number two on a team, honestly. I don't think he's any more than that. I don't know if it's enough, but I would be willing to throw. I I would be willing to trade out that second round pick for one of the Miami picks. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do our own pick because my thought process with this is you get rid of Bledsoe. Rubio's a placeholder. Wiggins replaces Warren as a, as a starting power forward who provides both. Offense and defense and athleticism, which Warren only provides, really provides one of those three. Did you say power forward? I'm sorry, small forward. Just checking. And we, st- it actually, arguably, in the short term, makes the Suns worse 
which I don't know how they can get much worse than they already are sitting at the second seed. They're not going to catch the Nets. But I it, like how I like how you just referred to it as the second seed. That's awesome. It's the reverse playoffs, man. It's the reverse playoffs in full effect. Okay, so so but, go on. It still leaves the Suns in the position holding their 2017 pick, which in is a huge. loaded point guard draft mm-hmm. to bring in to potentially get that fault or that ball or even that Dennis Smith or that dude whose name we. Haven't figured out how to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, that guy too. And that puts us with a starting unit of point guard draftee, point guard rookie, Booker, Wiggins, and then um, Bender, Chris, and whatever else we bring in over time. Rubio BT Dub signed through 2018 2019. So next season. Two more seasons? Two more seasons. Is according any, to hoopshype.com. Any options? Not according to hoopshype.com. Not according so, to hoopshype.com. Okay. But we, e- don't, we don't need to argue the minutiae of it based on that. E- e- either way, I don't see – he's a fill, he's filler till we get that point guard in the draft. So from that standpoint, I really like – I like the idea of the trade, and I'd be willing to give up Bledsoe for that. With the goal of being able to draft that point guard to replace Bledsoe, as well as an upgrade at the power four or at the small forward position, and so that that's my thought. There was a secondary trade that we saw that came through from uh, also from UA Sun that I actually liked as a pairing with this, which is a Boston trade trading Tucker and Chandler to. Uh, to Boston for the Timberwolves second round pick, the Clippers 2019 first round pick, Amir Johnson and and Jonas Jerebko. And really I just look at that as like a clear the decks kind of combo trade to get rid of most of the the guys who are blocking the young guys from getting time. So you just clear the decks of all those guys and move into next season with a nice young roster of high draft picks that all have a ton of potential. I mean, you're looking at a former number one pick, a top, probably a top three pick, and Booker, who was who, way outplayed his draft slot, has way outplayed his draft slot thus far. Way? Yes. A Steve team, Nash was drafted 13th, wasn't he? Yeah, and Steve Nash also way outplayed his draft slot. The average. <laughs> Where did Kobe 13, get drafted? Is he in that range? I thought he was. I don't know if he was that far back, but that was back when you didn't draft high schoolers. But that, <laughs> just saying. I feel like the 13th pick has a pretty good track record. On balance, a 13th draft pick is at best a rotation player. You're not expecting a starter potential all-star at that that level, which is what you're getting with with Booker. I'm going to look up who's been drafted 13th while we sit here and as, as and we continue to talk about this. Uh, oh, no, well, do you just no, look don't, at the Suns let's not, let's draft not, history not, let's and not, add, not, see who's been drafted 13th? Wasn't Marion drafted 13th? No, Marion was drafted 9. Oh, man. I'm just going to throw out random names just to assume <laughs> they're all 13. Anyway, okay. So let's move on to the next name that pops up on the list. And we didn't have as many ideas about this guy, but Jimmy Butler because – the media He's itself actually has actually, yeah, he is available. Media itself has actually connected the Suns to a certain degree with talks about Jimmy Butler, and um, 
uh, Southern Sun, his butler trade idea was Knight, Warren, <laughs> this is a lot to me, but Knight, Warren, Len, Suns 2017 first, Suns 2019 first, and Miami's 2021 first for Butler and everyone's favorite sideshow side Bob lookalike. Sideshow Rob. Robin. <laughs> sideshow Rob, yes. Paul? I'm not a fan, and it really just comes down to the picks. Player-wise, player-wise, I don't get Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's just giving up that many picks. Especially just, our first pick from this year. I mean, if, you're, if we're going to give up the 2017 pick, I'm hesitant to give up more than one more pick. Because to me, the, that 2017 pick is that valuable because it's it's known it's a known quantity to be a very high pick. It's a known quantity that is a loaded draft. We don't know what 2019 is going to be. We don't know what 2021 is going to be. They're way out in the future. There's more of a known quantity with that 2017 pick. So if I'm giving that up, I don't want to be giving up that many additional assets. I think that's fair. I think that's 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 and, very fair, and I, I I would agree. I think I would love to get Jimmy Butler on the Suns. I, he has risks. Yeah, most most players do. Right. Well, um, I mean, because he's got he's got some of that malcontentness that Cousins has nowhere near to the extent that Cousins has, but there's chatter. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Just ab- about how. The Bulls front office hasn't been a huge fan of his interactions, both with the with the player, with the rest of the players on the team, particularly the younger guys, and also just with the front office sure. in general. And that's maybe why a change in environment works would work out well. And I will say that I I'm I'm on board with you in terms of the picks being just a bit much. Um, I mean, chop off if, one of those. Yeah, chop happy. off. Well, and and you know, frankly, if it's the if we chop off the 2017 pick and add, frankly, another first round pick down the line, I'd be much right. Yeah. Exactly. But I, I I think that you and I both, and I would imagine a lot of Suns fans. Maybe I'm wrong, but put a lot of value in this first round pick this year because of the draft class that we're looking at, um, which hopefully. Turns out to be as good as everyone's expecting, um, and if it doesn't, hopefully at least whoever the Suns pick turns out to be as good <laughs> as everyone's advertising. Right? Yeah, I'm I'm just sick of the years the Suns really suck and getting high draft picks being bad drafts. No offense, Alex Len. No offense, Alex Len. No offense, Dragon Bender. Well, let's let's not let's I'm, I'm, tap the brakes I'm, I'm there. Just, I'm not saying Bender's not going to be something because he's so young. Same thing with Chris. I'm just saying that on balance, the perception of this past year's draft versus the Booker draft mm-hmm. is perceived to be a much weaker draft. Like maybe you're looking at maybe one player out of the entire draft is going to be an all-star, whereas Booker's draft you could possibly have a handful. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So next player on the list who has also come up in chatter uh, in 
regard to trade discussions and who the Suns might be going after and who is actually also, I believe, available. Paul George. Like the better version of Jimmy Butler available in the yeah. trade market. Yeah. I um, would give up all three of those picks for Paul George. Okay. Well, well, <laughs> according to according to uh, the various insight we've gotten and ideas we've gotten, we won't have to. Um, what we have uh, from Jay Karch uh, on the brightsideofthesun.com message boards, Warren, PJ, uh, both Miami picks, and a 2017 second round draft pick, ours, for Paul George. And then another idea is Bender, Tucker, and Knight for Paul Paul George, which I just saying that out loud sounds like it probably wouldn't work out. I would do Bender Tucker and Knight with some of those picks from the other trade because I don't think. Well, I do the other trade. I would do the other trade (laughs) heartbeat, but I don't don't think that's enough to get Indy to move the needle. I would totally agree with you there. But a young player like Bender who has much more potential. Like Warren has a ceiling. Bender's ceiling is higher. Night is night. We don't need to go into that anymore. <laughs> we all know how we feel about night. P- PJ... Seems like a nice guy. Yeah. PJ has value. Granted, if you're trading Paul George, I almost want to say this should be like some type of three-teamer because PJ has value to a contender. If you're if, right, if exactly. Indy's trading Paul George, they're rebuilding. They have no use for PG. What about what about let's 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 meld these two ideas together? Bender, Warren, and the two Miami picks, and whatever and 2017 second round draft pick night. Just because, please God, somebody take him away from us <laughs> for Paul George. Because then you got two upside guys. Two upside guys. You have draft picks, and then the Suns get a little additional help in terms of taking that out of their hands. Exactly. I would be down with that. I, I, I would give up a lot on our team for Paul George. What Paul would George. you? Let's let's do that then. Like, cool. what would you be willing to yeah, give up? Yeah. I would be willing to. Let me think of. Hold on. Devin Booker? No. Okay. Anybody else untouchable to get Paul George besides Devin Booker? On our team currently, no. How about our, in, on our team in the future? <laughs> uh, never mind. That was a joke. You don't have to answer that. So, okay. So, what about our first-round draft pick this year? I don't think so, no. I don't think that's untouchable. Okay. So. But I'm not trading Bledsoe and the first-round pick for him. Okay. It's, like, there's there's levels to this shit. <laughs> Vulgar seems unnecessary. Okay, so what if it was what if it was Bender Warren, our first round draft pick uh-huh. this year, and we have to keep Knight. Have to keep Knight. But we're gonna. They want. I don't know. I'm trying to think of somebody with some value, but not and Chandler. Chandler. I think I'd do that. What if they said another first-round draft pick in two years? One of Miami's. One of Miami's? I would do the further one. What if they said, I want the sooner one? 
I just, this is a fun game. Like, <laughs> like, how far do I push Paul line? until he says Where's no? Yeah, line? exactly. Where is your line? Um, I would. Would I do that? Gun to my head, I'd probably do it. So we're at Warren, Bender, Chandler, First seventeen up. pick, and would would it be eighteen? Nineteen, the Miami pick. What it does doesn't matter. So two first round draft picks. Two first round draft picks. I think that's I think that's a reasonable haul for a top ten player in the NBA. Hmm. Who fits a need on our team? Because I mean, what if? They, no, I'm kidding. We'll, we'll I just just mark. think about that lineup of Bledsoe, Booker, Paul George, as our our one through three. Does it, and then Chris and hopefully, and somebody that perhaps we can attract Demarcus Cousins in 2018. Well, at that point you become attractive. That's what I'm saying. That, that's what I'm saying. And with that much salary going out the door, we'd still have cap space to be an attractive. I feel like we should send this particular podcast to Ryan McDonough. He might want to listen to some of this. I. I I would hope every single one of these is cr- – if my entire job in my day is to come up with potential ideas of trading this and that out the door, I would have such a crazy Excel spreadsheet that would just like link everything up of I take this and this and this and this works and see how it all works from a salary cap perspective. It would be like my dream job. You just made being an NBA GM sound really boring, but if you don't like Excel, <laughs> I'm the opposite of that. I see. I picture like a big draft board from like the league with just like player names. Well, yeah, are, but you actually are... have to make the money work. I know, but I'm just saying <laughs> that it would be a much more dumbed down version. Dumbed down version. Let's just throw darts to see what happens. So okay, so Paul George sounds like he's the. Your coveted guy. That uh, the of the guys could. who are available, yes. So, like, excluding, like, LeBron. Excluding LeBron, Anthony Davis. Now, how about that? <laughs> yeah, the Pelicans are just going to trade for DeMarcus Cousins, then trade Anthony Davis. That would be great. <laughs> Anthony Davis just comes out tomorrow going, I hate Bookie. I want to out. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's like, boy, that was fast, but... Uh, he made fun of my unibrow immediately. That is not cool. All right, so the next guy that came up on the list, who we what haven't talked have? about yet, who, no, 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 Paul, who has just today been linked to the Suns, Derek Favors. Yeah. Now, let's, let's before we even talk about these trades, do you want Derek Favors? In a vacuum, I'd take Derek Favors on my team. The pro. The problem is, to me, that Derek Favors doesn't move the needle on the Suns. He's equivalent to what we have. We're a deep. The Suns are a deep team, but they're not a. They're that deepness is also kind of flat in that everybody has the same level of talent, for the most part. It's we have multiple guys who deserve minutes, but no guy is demonstratively better than any of the other guys. We have a bunch mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. at best, fifth starters, at worst, eighth men. 
We have a bunch of at best fifth starters. We have a you you you're not saying everybody. You're not saying, saying everybody. I'm okay. saying the vast majority. We have. I almost had a heart attack. Booker is obviously or is hopefully a star in the making. Bledsoe is obviously probably a, a number two. On a Bledsoe team. is the most underrated point guard in the NBA. He is the most underrated point guard in the NBA, and a lot of that has to do with the loaded West from a point guard standpoint, from mm-hmm. a guard standpoint. Period. But. He's not a number one option. He's a number two. So we've got a number two option. We have a developing potential number one option. And then a whole bunch of fifth starters to eight men. We don't have third number three guys. We don't have number four guys. We don't have a true number one guy. So we just have a bunch of flat level of skill guys. Mm-hmm. And Derek Favors just slides right into that. And just it's trading out. Trading out half a dozen for six donuts. I like I like, I like how you save that right there. <laughs> half a dozen for six donuts. Okay. Well, well okay. So I like. I won't, dis- I won't disagree with you, but if he were to come to the Suns, what does he come to the Suns to do? He comes to the Suns to be. He's listed as a power forward. He's a big dude. I'm assuming he can play center and hold down the center position, especially yeah. with the center position not exactly being a bunch of shacks running around anymore these right. days. Um, and what do the Suns really need out of the center position? Defense. Defense, rebounding, rebounding like what Tyson Chandler is giving them. Yeah. So and do we need a guy that moves the needle, or do we need a guy that is going to be a solid future player at that particular position? Because I think we can agree that he would be an upgrade over Alex Len. I would say, yeah, because Alex Len is just... I still don't know what we have with Alex Len. Derek Favors is at least a known quantity. Sure, exactly. And even not knowing what we have with Alex Len at this point in his career makes me think we don't really have much with right. Alex Len. And it's weird with the whole Derek Favors thing. Like The first time I saw that, I was like, oh, no, why? And then I looked at his numbers, and I kind of started thinking about it more. I'm like, well... He could make sense for the Suns because he can at least be – he's, what, 25, 26, somewhere in there. He's a young guy. Old. He can anchor that position if he maintains that kind of level of consistency of putting up, you know, 12, 15 points and 8, 10 rebounds, whatever. Um, and the Suns don't need a superstar playing the five, but they need somebody that's going to anchor that position. So – the more I looked at it, the more I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe it kind of makes sense, but for some reason, I still don't want him. I don't know what it is. I, I don't – it's not that I don't want him. It's more a eh. It's like we get him great, and he could be a very nice cog in a couple years when we actually have something put together. Mm-hmm. But in the short term, it doesn't – make me like jump out of my seat oh we got Derek Favors oh certainly not but we don't need somebody that makes you do that at every position no, no. Tyson Chandler doesn't make me do that except for his you know sweet I beard dude was defensive player of the that year kind of weird leg tattoo thing he has going on yeah what year not that long ago define not that long like three years ago three years ago Tyson Chandler was defensive player of the year it was he was Oh, look it up. Don't worry. Look at that up. Okay. Oh, by the way, 13th draft pick, Kobe Bryant. 
um, Carl Malone, just to name a few. Just name a few. And when I say a few, I mean the only ones of any relevance whatsoever. Um, Marky Morris. Um, it's true. And, and lest we forget Kendall Marshall. <laughs> I knew there was a Suns point guard that was drafted at 13. I just couldn't. I thought it was Nash. Nope, Kendall Marshall. Um, so, anyway. Yeah, Nash wasn't drafted at 13. His number was just 13. I get confused. It happens. I think he was drafted like 12. I'm pretty sure they got him and Kobe got drafted in the same year. Yes, so they that did. Would, yeah. That well, would make sense that they couldn't both be 13. That oh god, that draft. Do you remember that that cover that Slam magazine from that draft class? And then you look back on it, and it's like who was in that draft class? I do not. Look up that draft class, and then you'll just go, oh my god. Okay. Of who is in that draft class? So let's 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 mm-hmm. let's revert back to what we were talking about. So. Derek Favors doesn't exactly get you excited. You don't jump out of your seat for right. him. But that doesn't, I don't think, mean that he wouldn't be a useful part be a useful on player, yeah. the Phoenix Suns. So, two Favors trade ideas. Both similar. One being Tucker Len, Miami's 2018 first-round draft pick for Favors. Or Warren Len and the Suns. 2018 first round draft pick for favors. I don't think it necessitates a first round draft pick to get favors. Period. Okay, then. So let's take out the first round draft picks. I would agree. Like, yeah, I, I just don't. And I don't think the Jazz have any need for Warren. They have Gordon Hayward. Is he good? Is that good? Yeah, I'm kidding. It was a joke. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. That, I mean, that yes, makes he's sense. white, so it's a question. Like, you're not sure on the. On Jeez, Paul, <laughs> come on, man. Tom Chambers, Dan Marley, hello. But at any rate, so so Derek Favors is kind of like okay. So I, ultimately, if either one of those trades were to happen, I think we'd both be kind of like okay, it's a good piece. Yeah. Derek Favors is going to you know keep Chandler around. Let him mentor. Len can go and do whatever he's going to do this offseason, make a whole bunch of money that he shouldn't be making. Grow a giant beer and get covered in tattoos, and that would be awesome. He'd be so much better at life, I feel, if he did that. So, um, But we'll see. We'll see what happens with Derek Favors and maybe with anybody else. So let's, let's wrap this up by answering one last question. Will the Suns make a move? Before the trade deadline, and if so, who do you think is most likely to go? The Suns will make a move. I think the player who is most likely to go, I mean, part of me wants to say Tucker, just because it makes the most logical sense that he's the one to go, because he's... At a position of need for... He's a 3 and D guy. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs a 3 and D guy. Mm-hmm. Particularly contenders. And contenders... Contenders are the ones who have less valuable first-round picks. So if the Suns really want a first-round pick for, for Tucker, best, you're going to get a, a late first-round pick is the best you're going to get for him. Still a first-round pick. So that means you're going to a contender. If Ryan McDonough gets a first-round pick for Tucker... I'd be very impressed. That's all. Agreed. But, I mean, I mean that's, if that's our asking price, and according to Woj, there are teams out there willing to pay that. Um, 
So I think he would be the most likely to move. But then again, after, was this, is this year three or four of McDonough? Four? Four. Four. Sounds right. The fact that he is the most likely to move makes me think he is not the one who's actually going to move based on McDonough's history. McDonough comes always comes from left field. The the trade that makes sense to the general public mm-hmm. is not the trade that that shows up in the Woj bomb. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I I think that I see where you're coming from with that, but I think that this year, I think this is going to be the year that we actually get the trade that we expect. Go chalk. I I think if anyone gets moved, it's going to be P.J. Tucker. Um, and I think notwithstanding the fact that McDonough has said I'm not, I, the Suns don't want any more second-round draft picks, I think if they're going to move them, they're probably going to have to take a second-round draft pick. Um, but I would – I put it at 50-50 odds that the Suns even make a move. Oh, you think you think they might stand pat? Mm-hmm. Think mm-hmm. like they put their chips in on the cousins trade, and nothing happened. And you're just like, we're just gonna ride it out at this point, right? I mean, you have to think that any trade that they're going to make is one that needs to make the team better. And if, like Ryan McDonough said, they're not interested in any more second round draft picks, I don't think they're going to get a first round draft pick for a guy like PJ Tucker or a guy like Tyson Chandler who. I don't think Tyson Chandler is going to go anywhere anyway. Um, but if they're not willing to take those second-round draft picks, then obviously they don't think that those types of picks are going to make the team any better. So what's the point of making a move just to make a move? Right. Especially when, as we've discussed in the past, there are positives from having those veterans on this team, a team that is so young. And I think there continue to be positives to have those guys on this team after this year's draft, when you have a, at least one more young player coming in who is going to be some big-time college athlete who you know needs to make sure he learns the ropes of the NBA, who's probably He's been fed a lot. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, I think long-term, that value is greater to the Suns as an organization than another second-round draft pick that could end up being Alex another – I was going to say DJ Strawberry, but <laughs> potato, 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 potato. So at any rate, I think we've covered pretty much all of the, not all of them, but, and if we didn't cover yours, sorry, but we covered a lot of the trade ideas that people came up with. We gave you our thoughts on Boogie. We can all calm down. It didn't happen, but he's going to come here and help us win a title in 2019. So it's going to be fine. You're fine. And uh, <laughs> thank you for the echo. And, um, uh, Paul, any last parting words, parting thoughts, parting comments? I'm Thursday trade deadline day is your Christmas. It's pretty close. I love trade deadline day. That's like for the, the off season or not off season, but the off-court, behind-the-scenes stuff is what I love. Do you love it even though Woj blocked you on Twitter? We'll save that for uh, our Twitter wrap. Save that story for Twitter wrap-up. <laughs> or for the trade deadline wrap-up. <laughs> oh, we're doing this again? Man. Well, when stuff I got stuff to happens. do, bro. Jeez. Um, 
No, I don't. That's, yeah, right. exactly. I know. That's, that's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm looking forward to hearing the Woj blocking Paul on Twitter story um, again. But until that next podcast, as always, you can catch me on Twitter at So Says Jay, and you can catch Paul on Twitter at at Dervish of World. And until the next time we broadcast, depending on when you're listening, have a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I choo-choo-choose you. Ralph Wiggum, I love it. (laughs) Take care, folks.